Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are, for all that you have done, and all that you're doing even now. As we embark on today's study, I pray that your Holy Spirit would teach us all things, and that everything you want your people to hear today will go forth with power, and they will hear it, have it register in their hearts and their minds, and be forever changed for the better. Have your way as we look to you, Holy Spirit, to teach us all things. And that's in Jesus' mighty name we ask and pray. And all of God's people say, Amen. 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 Our topic for today, kind of take a note of it. Is your church service only lip service? Question mark. Is your church service only lip service? See, we love coming to church. We sing our songs, you know, hear a word, we fellowship, eat a few goodies every now and then. <laughs> That's all good. But it shouldn't be all that we do. What about after the church service ends with the rest of the believers? You know, and you go out in the world and you see a bunch of demons out there. Are you still being the church in service? No, that's, I'm going to talk about some things that you got to really think about this now. Are we still being the church in service? The problem God is having is, for two hours on a Sunday, we're good Christians. For the rest of the time during the week, we're not so good Christians. And that's not the way it should be. In our conversations, in our actions, in the things we do and we know we are not supposed to do. And boy, let me tell you, I don't even want to start the list. Because everybody could put something on the list. But we got to be mindful of that. Because God wants us to do better. To get closer and closer to him. To shine our light. To let the world see a difference in us so that he can get the glory. I'm reminded that we're living in the last of the last days. I don't know what that means to you, but that means to me, hey, stay on the straight and narrow. Be ready for that trumpet sound to be out of here. Because if you're putting all your stocks in this world, you're going to lose. You don't even have to play the stock market to know that. If you're putting all your stock in this place, you're going to lose big time. But when you put your stock in heaven, hallelujah, Jesus, it's nothing but gain. Gain. You talk about capital gain? That's the real gain right there in heaven. And it starts by being a heavenly being on earth. Jesus had a few words to say to the religious type who would read the doctrine. They go to the temple, they got everything, and yes, they're holy in the temple. But outside the church, there's no church service. All they have is lip service. Let's go to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew 15. That's just before Matthew 16. You know, I got to help somebody with that. I'm always looking out for people. Matthew 15, let's kick it off in verse 1. Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law now arrive from Jerusalem to see Jesus. 
They asked him, why do your disciples disobey our old age old tradition? For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand washing before they eat. Now, this is not just a regular wash your hand and go eat. No, this is like a ceremony, a process they go through, and the disciples are not doing that. They don't feel the need to do that. So this is what Jesus replied to them. And why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandment of God? For instance, God says, honor your father and mother. And anyone who speaks disrespectfully, listen to this, children, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully to father or mother must be put to death. <gasps> really? The Bible said that? Who put that in there? All the kids are like, oh, no, I'm going to die. Okay, knock it down, RPM. You're not going to die. Just don't speak disrespectfully to your parents again. Not even in your own mind. Because, you know, sometimes you figure you say something underneath the breath just to get by. Oh, mom can't hear me. Dad can't hear me. Oh, you're so stupid telling me to do Really? God hears you. He's the one that will stop your heartbeat from beating. You be careful what you say to or about your parents. I'll say it one more again. Be careful what you say to your parents or what you say about your parents. Just trying to help you. <laughs> okay. Verse 5. <laughs> but you say, it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give God what I would have given to you. In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents. And so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips. But their hearts are far from me. Henceforth, we have lip service believers, right? Their worship is a farce. For they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. Listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth and you will be surprised how many times as a minister of the gospel I hear people come to me and talk about the cursing that a so-called Christian was saying to them was addressing to them how they got cursed out by this so-called Christian using profanity and everything just going off on them so many times, it's like a regular thing. And it's embarrassing. Really embarrassing. So please, write down your key point number one. What are we doing and saying from day to day? Question mark. What are we doing and saying from day to day? Let us cancel the complaining about the cursing Christians. We can cancel this. What are we doing 
and saying from day to day, question mark, let us cancel the complaining about the cursing Christians. So what do we do? First of all, we shouldn't be cursing nobody out, doing our part. Secondly, if we see a fellow Christian, a brother or sister, engaging in that, we should lovingly encourage them not to do so. Because if we don't, they are going to keep on doing it. And God put people in our pathway so we can steer them the right way. It's embarrassing. Some people tell me, that's why I don't go to church. You hear what that Christian just said? And I'm like, no, you got it all wrong. Can't let one person's, you know, failure keep you away from Jesus. But that's what happens in the real world. People see us not do what we're supposed to do as Christians, and they just blame Jesus. They blame God. They say, oh, I'm never going to church. You see what that person did? That person lied. That person cursed me out. That person stole from me. That person did this. And they just go down the list. And it's not supposed to be that way. We got to stop the complaining by doing our part and encouraging everyone who claim they're a Christian to do their part. Because if they're a brother or sister, this is a sign we let you know if someone is truly a brother or Christian in Christ, right? If you're trying to lovingly encourage them to do better and they attack you, they're not there yet. They're still trying to find their way. And you can lovingly say, look here, as a brother, as a sister, we should be able to reason with each other without you going off on me. Because you going off on me as if I'm the enemy tells me you're not connected to the same God I'm connected to. Oh, you can talk to people, open their eyes, because they just don't know any better. Let's read on some more. Verse 12. Matthew 15, verse 12. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you realize you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? Jesus replied, Every plant not planted by my heavenly Father will be what? Uprooted. So ignore them. That's what he said. To ignore the teachers of religious law. The people who were so-called the ones everyone go to for spiritual leadership and guidance, Jesus said to ignore them. Why? Because they're being hypocritical. They love to hide behind the fancy robes and outfits and everyone saying good morning, Rabbi. They love all that stuff. But they're not showing love to their fellow man. They're not teaching people the truth. They're not honoring their parents. They're not doing what God really wants us to do. So what is their church service? It's just lip service. No action is backing it up. And that's what God is tired of. He does not want us to just have lip service and no actions to back up our belief. He wants us to walk the walk, talk the talk, let people see God in us. And we can do it. We can do it. But we have to choose to do it. He won't force us to live for him. It's a choice. Every day is a choice. You know that. So, he said to ignore them, right? He says this, second half of verse 14. They are blind guides leading the blind. And if one blind person guides another, they will both fall into a ditch. Ain't that the truth? Imagine, Ray Charles trying to lead Stevie Wonder. It ain't going to happen. They're going to both fall into a ditch, crash somewhere, whatever. It ain't going to work. 
You need someone that have vision. Not just sight. If you're going to follow someone, follow someone who has vision. Who has the best vision? The Lord Jesus Christ. Because vision is not just seeing what is in front of us. Vision is seeing what's around the corner, up the street, in the next neighborhood. Vision is seen way ahead. And that's what Jesus has. He has vision. Vision all the way to a rapture when we can be taken up and be with him. And if you want to have that type of vision, get close to him. Stay close to him. Don't let air come between you and the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I ain't allowing it. I got to speak for me. But you got to speak for you. You got to worship for you. You got to praise him for you. I was telling my son this morning, I said, look here, you know, I was doing devotion and I was singing a song, you know, afterwards and Jesus asked me to sing a verse again. I just smile and sing it again. And it's good to have a relationship where the Holy Spirit can talk to you. And in your joy, you're just like, yes, Lord. It's not supposed to be just ritualistic. Like, oh, I'm just going to do this. This is what we do. We read our Bible. We pray. And you're like, dear God. <sighs> My mama said to pray, so here we go. Pray, pray, pray. Oh, oh make sure my team win tonight. Um, dear God, uh, I want beef for dinner. Mom didn't want to cook no beef, but Lord, um, what is that? Th- that is embarrassing. And some people pray that way. I've actually heard someone praying for their meal before. Rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, amen. What in the world? You're addressing the maker, the creator, the sustainer. Do you know what hollow means? When Jesus gave an example, to said, you know, this is how we should pray. Our Father art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know what that means? It means may your name be kept in highest regard of holiness. So when you're going before the throne of grace, yeah, we can come boldly, but come respectfully. You're not talking to your, you know, hanging out buddy. You're talking to the creator of the universe. He is proven to be our best friend. And if we have a best friend, we chit-chat with them on the phone all day, every day. Sometimes about a bunch of nothing. And sometimes, you know, you realize, man, I've been on the phone for an hour, half hour, I got to go. I was on the phone with a friend of mine for 20-something minutes. The other day. I said, look, man, I got to go. Talking about different things and all that. But we can't find time to talk to God. What are we doing? Is it just lip service? Or are we really connected to this man called Jesus? I don't want to be in heaven looking around for Jesus team ministries people and can't find anybody. I know I will find a few people. But I really want to see everybody. Well, maybe more than a few. To God be the glory. I can confidently say more than a few. But I want to see everybody. I want to see people that hear the word, live the word, know the word. I want to see the masses. In heaven, having a party. Not looking back down. And don't 
and looking back down the earth and, and seeing people left behind. Because I ain't going to be crying for nobody. Jesus is going to take away all the tears. We won't be crying. Anyone left behind, we're going to be in heaven saying, oh, they deserve to get left behind. They did not worship God. There will be no more crying in heaven. No more pain, no tears. So forget about, you're not going to be up there crying, oh, cousin Pookie, you got left behind. No. Nobody cares. You're there or you're not there. So that's why now's the time to be emotional, passionate, you know, doing everything we can to get people ready for heaven. That's the way it is. Let's read on a little bit more. We're almost done with this area of scripture. Verse 15. Then Peter said to Jesus, explain to us the parable that says people aren't defiled by what they eat. Don't you understand yet, Jesus asked, anything you eat passes through the stomach and then goes into a sore. But the words you speak come from where? The heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile you. Eating with unwashed hands will never defile you. And Jesus is absolutely right. But we also have good things that come from the heart that will make us pure. So it's us, we have to choose, okay, do we want to, you know, send forth good things or want to send forth bad things? We choose on a daily, hourly, minutely, secondly basis, every day, what do we want to entertain in our heart? Key point number two, write this down. A good heart leads to good thoughts and good Watch this. Conversation. But a bad heart encourages our friends to depart. I'll read it one more again. A good heart leads to good thoughts and good conversations. And you know if your conversation is getting a little bad, you know to cut it off. We have to do that. We have to take every thought captive. We have to say, you know what, man? I can't engage in something that I know is bad for my spirit, man. Can't do it. I got to do better than that. Praise the Lord. So, again, a good heart leads to good thoughts and good conversation. But a bad heart encourages our friends to depart. Now, we're going to look at some church folks and see some things that they're struggling with. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 10. This is dealing with us, church folk. <laughs> oh, goodness. Can we go to church? Yes. But there's going to be challenges. Proverbs chapter 10. And I want to talk to you first of all, let you know that because God loves you and loves me, he's going to discipline us when we do wrong. God is a disciplinarian because he's a good father. Okay, so when we do something wrong, he's going to discipline us. Don't be mad with them. Just work with them, okay? So Proverbs 10, let's look at verse 17 first. It says this. People who accept discipline are on the pathway to life. But those who ignore correction will go astray. So if God is trying to discipline us and point us in the right direction, let him do it. Listen, take heed, and follow his lead. 
Because if we don't, you know what's going to happen? We're going to keep doing things the way we think it's supposed to be done, and we're going to end up in the wrong place. We're going to end up in the wrong place. Those who he love, he will chase after, he will discipline. Look at verse 18. This is serious business right here. Verse 18. Hiding hatred makes you a liar. Slandering others makes you a fool. How many times do we hear people slandering others? How many times do we hear people hiding hatred? Oh, they hate this person, but they're trying to make it look as if, oh, no, oh, I don't really hate hate. You know, I hear people say that to me, I don't hate them hate them. I just hate them. So what if it's a small H? You still hate them. Stop hating people. Start loving people. You know, it's, it's difficult to let go of things when people do wrong to you. But let me show you some. We'll come back to Proverbs 10. But let me go to Matthew chapter 6 and 14 again. This area of scripture blessed me many years ago and helped me to let stuff go. Because I used to hold people up in my heart and I used to plan my vengeance. I used to be out there bad saying, I'm going to get this person. And even though it was bad, I was good at planning vengeance. I'm not proud of it, but that's where I come from. And the devil used to control my mind and get my revenge. So I read this many years ago and I'm like, wow, this is deep. Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15 says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, uh uh-oh, your Father will not forgive your sins. And that's why I said to myself, Trevor, you can't afford to let one individual send you to hell. Because if I don't forgive that person, then God won't forgive me. And I ain't going out like that. Hell is too hot. I'm too good looking for hell. Bump that. I'm heaven bound. And we are good looking. Why? Because we have the spirit of God on us. Makes us beautiful. Good looking creatures. But the people who are wrapped up in sin, oh, they're so ugly. That's why people say ugly is sin. People who are wrapped up in sin, they're ugly. Demons. But we look good. And when the devil try to tell you, you don't look good, your hair don't look good, your shoes don't look good, your clothes, say the blood of Jesus against you, demon. I'm a good looking being. You got to know who you are. The devil try to tell you, oh, you're overweight. Say, devil, my weight is great. But my faith is greater. My God loves me and I love him. And I look good to him. You got to shut him up. Because the devil is going to tell you things. He's going to try and poison our minds. Try and put us down. We got to be quick. Let him know he ain't going out like that. Rebuke that demon. All right, let's go back to Proverbs 10. Get some more wisdom here. But please, don't hate people. Forgive them. Let's go back to this lip service thing that a lot of church folks have a problem with. Always chit-chatting. Proverbs 10, verse 19. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible 
and keep your big mouth shut. Too much talk leads to sin. That is the truth though. When you're yapping and yapping and yapping, you start talking about your mother business, your father business, your cousin business, your sister business, everybody, and then you can't find, then you start picking out strangers, look at that girl walking, what in the world wrong with her? You're just talking about everybody's business. Too much talk. Check that. Check that. And if you're going to be talking, make sure God is getting glorified in the conversation. Some of my friends stopped calling me because the conversation, man, you should see this girl I hooked up with the other day. I said, um, so when last time I went to church, man? <laughs> well, you know, Trevor, you know, if I go to church, the light's going to lock off. Man. I said, stop the foolishness. It didn't shut off when I was there. And it still ain't shutting off. Because God welcomes everyone. But we don't have to stay the same way. We can change for the better. The problem is, if you just want to spend two hours for God or with God, and then the rest of your week, you're just like, I left God, I hang out with you next week Sunday. Don't bother me. Leave me alone. If that's your attitude, you will never get close to God. You rather chit-chat on the phone or with your boy or with your girlfriend or whosoever, chit-chat the whole time, and God ain't getting glorified in that. Here's, I tell the people who are thinking of, you know, getting a relationship going with someone. I say, you meet a, light, a nice lady or you meet a nice guy. Invite them to church. Tell them to read the Bible with you. Tell them to pray with you. You'll see real quick if they are seeking God or they're just simply the devil. Some people love the devil. One lady tell me, oh, he's such a handsome devil. I say, you sure you want a devil? <laughs> people have all these things. Everything they have to do with the devil, they think it's something good. Why do I have to call the cake devil's food cake? Devil eggs, devil lamb. All these things, and they figure it's, and it's marketable. People love that. I don't buy Hellman's mayonnaise. You know me already. I don't want no hell or no devil in my house. I buy Miracle Whip. That's right. I'll take a miracle, but no hell in my house. The blood of Jesus. I mean, oh, you're radical. That's the way to be. I praise God nonstop. Praise the Lord. I ain't telling nobody hello because that's promoting hell below. Dirt devil. <laughs> Listen, why are you guys going to bring me back to memory lane? Oh, let me tell you. I put my wife on here for a second. I met my wife. She had a dirt devil vacuum cleaner. Because I wasn't a pastor back then. But I told her, no, uh-uh. This dirt devil ain't going to stay in my house. That's going. Garbage. You don't want no devil in the house. You must be crazy. I know people that got the devil tattooed on them. And then I wonder why they act like the devil. You're opening portals, giving them invitation to be a demon in your life. People wearing these skull and bones on their clothes and their hats and all. That's giving the devil invitation. 
to terrorize you. You don't know that? Some people are like, oh man, I got a shirt with skull and bones right now in my closet. Get rid of it. Oh, but I paid $50, but you're paying more and more each time you keep it. One day you'll understand. <laughs> Let's read out some more here. Verse 20. The words of the godly are like sterling silver. The heart of a fool is worthless. So we are supposed to be giving good words, right? Because we're godly. And again, 21. The words of the godly encourage many. But fools are destroyed by their lack of common sense. Which we know is not so common these days. Now, the words is one thing. But then we incorporate our good encouraging words with our actions of what? Love. Let's go to 1 John. Let's look at this real quick. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. In the back there. Because love is key. And whatever we're saying to people, we should say it with love. We should be an instrument of love so that God can see we're not just exercising lip service, but we're actually doing something. Amen? First John chapter 3, verse 18. Dear children, let's not merely say we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. It's not just about talk. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. And he knows everything. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Action? Yeah, talk is cheap. Write this down. Key point number three. Talk is cheap. But our expression of love is worth a whole heap. Talk is cheap. But our expression of love, oh, it's worth a whole heap. Don't miss this. Can't just be talking about God. Let's show people God. Let's show people God. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. Let's go back to Matthew 21. I got to show you another story here because this story is powerful too. About a man that had two sons. Matthew 21, when you finish writing down. Talk is cheap, but your expression of love is worth a whole heap. Then turn to Matthew 21, starting in verse 28. I got to read this story. This story blessed me. Spirit of God said, I can incorporate it in the word. Verse 28, but what do you think about this? Jesus is Jesus speaking now, okay? He says, a man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went away. Now when we're hearing about vineyard, Jesus speaks in parables, all right? That's in the same way as God the Father saying to us, 
to go out and shine our light, to tell people about the kingdom of heaven. All right? And some of us, we tell God, no, God, I'm not going to tell nobody about you. I don't even want my friends, my family, my co-worker to know that I'm even a Christian. I'm an undercover brother. You know what I'm saying, God? Sounds ridiculous, but that's what some people do. When they don't tell no one about God, they just keep him to themselves. They're like, well, if I mention that I follow God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, people are going to look at me as a holy roller. I heard that one before. I'm like, are you kidding me? No. If you won't tell nobody, you look like a pipsqueak. Someone that is so scaredy cat. Someone that is insignificant. But when you're opening your mouth and you're proclaiming the good news, when you are walking and talking and doing things in love and let people see that you are different, then you look like a giant in the kingdom. Not a little gnat. So it's time for us to step up our game and work the vineyard. So, let's read on. Verse 30. Because the first one changed his mind and went, right? Verse 30. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his father? The Pharisees replied, the first. Then Jesus explained this meaning. I tell you the truth. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him. While tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. And so many people are still holding on to their sins. They refuse to repent. Your key point number four, write this down. Let us be the Christians who don't just read the word, but live the word. And it all starts with true repentance. It all starts with true repentance. I can't stress it enough. Let us be the Christians who don't just read the word, but live the word. And it all starts with true repentance. Anybody can say, yeah, I'm a Christian and I live for God. But if you're still doing the same thing day in, day out, every day, you're cussing. Every day, you're lying. Every day, you're angry. Every day, you're doing all these different things that you used to do before you say you're a Christian. Where's the change? Let's face it. All you have is lip service. But it's time to employ church service where you become the church of Jesus Christ. He's coming back for a church without a spot or a wrinkle and the church is us, the people, not the building. This is just a facility, a temple. The church is coming back for, I don't care how big and how beautiful your sanctuary may be. He's not coming back for the building. He's coming back for individuals. The church, the real people. Now you got to ask yourself, and you got to personalize it. Am I the church? For me speaking, I can talk for myself. Yes, I'm the church of Jesus Christ. 
I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. And I will defend the gospel and the faith any day, every day. I'm not going to be like a turtle crawling up in a shell just to get along with other people who are going to hell. Oh, I don't want to lose this friend because if I do, if I tell them about Jesus, they're going to run the other way. Well, let them go. <coughs> True word. <laughs> he used to say back in the day, you call me the true word. Somebody know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the God of the glory. All right. <clears throat> so let's judge ourselves, my friends, so we don't come into judgment. When we repent of our sins, right, we will get rid of the sins that have been holding us back, been plaguing us, trying to keep us Separate, <coughs> excuse me. Try to keep us separated from God. Go with me to Psalm 32. Powerful area of scripture. Psalm 32. I love this area of scripture. I'm telling you. Psalm 32. This will show us some things here. Now, everybody knows David from the Bible, right? The second king of Israel, the one that God blessed so much, but he was also a hot mess. He was an adulterer, a murderer, you know, got pride in his heart and want to do a census with everybody. I mean, he had some issues. But one thing I love about my brother, he knew how to repent. He knew how to bring his sin to God and say, God, I'm sorry. I confess it to you. Help me not to do this no more. So let's watch what he wrote here in Psalm 32. He said, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. That's a good place for hallelujah. Because we don't have to bear our sins no more. We're forgiven. He says, yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. David says, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. Why? Because God wanted him to repent and come back home. He said, my strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Verse 5, finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Hallelujah, Jesus. Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. Your key point, number five, your final key point, write this down. Keeping our sins hidden and professing Jesus 
is the same as professing Satan to Jesus. I tell you, I'm going to talk about some deep things. You're going to have to pay attention to this. I'm going to say it one more again. Please pay attention. Keeping our sins hidden and professing Jesus is the same as professing Satan to Jesus. That's how Jesus sees it. You may be saying Jesus, but if you're hiding your secret sin and not confessing them, you're just saying, I'm promoting Satan. Serious business. You want to get your slate clean with God. You cannot be on both team at the same time. You're always going to have an opponent. But you got to choose to be on the winning team. And that, my friend, is God's team. Can't be on both sides of the fence. That means you choose the enemy. If you're halfway for Satan, you're full way for Satan. So that's why the mindset needs to be, as a Christian, I can't be lukewarm because I'll be spit out of Jesus' mouth. I can't be saying Jesus today with lips, but heart is saying Satan tomorrow. You see how that works? It don't work good for you. It don't work good for anybody. So my encouragement today is for us to judge ourselves so we don't come into judgment in a negative fashion. Because if we judge ourselves, we can judge ourselves and say, okay, I'm not watching appropriate material on the television. I'm not talking the right way to my wife, to my child, to my parents. You can judge yourself and say, well, I'm not keeping good conversation with my friends. It's a little bit off, but I'm still engaging in the conversation. You can judge yourself and say, I'm not listening to the right music because it is really bad, but I'm just justifying that I'm good with it. I'm not in the right conversations. Or you can say, I haven't really glorified God. You got to pick yourself apart. And say, this is my issues that I'm dealing with. Maybe you drink and get drunk. Maybe you steal things. Maybe you like to gamble. Maybe you like to, whatever it may be, that is you. You got to figure it out for you. And say, God, I confess it to you. And why am I so passionate about this? Because I know the small sins add up to bigger sins. And if you don't check it when it's small, it's harder to check when it becomes a monster. That's all I'm saying. We've all been there and done that. And we don't want that for our future. Amen? Amen. So let's see what happens now. David confessed his sins. Let me give you some good news. He says this, verse 7. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. Anybody want victory today? Hallelujah, Jesus. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I love the sound of that. The best pathway for my life. That's where I want to be. I want to be the worst pathway for my life. I don't want to be the second best pathway. I want to be in the best pathway for my life. I want to have long life, joy, peace, prosperity, all that good stuff. 
If God has it for us, why not get it? But he cannot bless a mess. You got to allow him to clean you up first. He says, I will advise you and watch over you. And then he says something powerful. He said, do not be like a senseless horse or a mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. Oh, don't be like that. Many sorrows will come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad all you who obey him. Shout for joy, all you whose hearts are pure. What makes our hearts pure is the word of God. When we're feeding on the word of God, the word of God comes in us, push the world out of us, and make our hearts pure. So when we're talking to friends and family and even strangers, we will be speaking the word of God to them. That's how it works. The more of the word we put in, the more of the word will be shared with people we conversate with. Our actions will reflect the word of God because we're feeding our spirit man with the word of God. But if you're lazy, don't even want to follow the three areas of scripture that we ask you to read each day. You're not doing yourself any justice. You got to do this for you. I hear Sister KC mention about the Bible study. You know, we have over 300 people that follow Jesus' team ministries. But our Bible study on a Thursday night, Maybe 30, 27 people was on Thursday night. That's embarrassing. And all you got to do is just call and listen. You don't have to do nothing. Put your phone on mute and just listen. Oh, I don't have time. My TV show is on. Okay. Okay. Oh, but I didn't remember, Pastor. Oh, yeah, you remember to eat, didn't you? Now I can tell by your size that you eat too much. But you're eating the wrong thing if you're not eating the word of God. Come on. Let's be real and take this thing serious, okay? Don't let your church service just be lip service. Amen? Last place, we're going to turn to real quick about repentance. First John chapter 1. Let's go there real quick and wrap it up. First John chapter 1. Starting in verse 5, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, it says this. This is the message we heard from Jesus. And now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God. Okay, that's the lip service. We say we do. But go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we're living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness, all the unrighteousness, he will cleanse us from it. If we claim we have not sinned, we're calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts again. So my friends, again, please repent of your sins. Let God know you are changed and you want his Holy Spirit to lead. Don't just have lip service be your church service. No. Let your church service reflect in our actions so we can show the world what Christians not just talk like, but live like. 
Amen? Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you for encouraging us today, giving us what we need in the serious times that we're living in, the last of the last days. When the world around us is changing, we're supposed to remain in you and follow Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I ask right now that you would tug every heart, everyone that needs to repent of their sins, everyone that has issues that they refuse to repent of, tug on their hearts and let them know today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is not guaranteed to anyone. So if that's you, my friend, the Spirit of God is tugging on your heart. Please repeat this prayer after me. You may be watching on the television, on the YouTube, listening on the radio, wherever you are right now joining us. I want to encourage you and let you know that you can repent of your sins and have God change your life for the better. Say this prayer after me and God is going to listen to your heart. Say, Lord God, I confess that I'm a sinner. But today, Lord, I repent of all my sins and I turn to you. Wash me clean and make me new. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me and for being raised on the third day. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and stay with me. From this day forward, I am yours. And I thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Give the Lord a hand clap.